Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. Call in line open, 1-800-636-1067. Before we start talking about Washington's goal line offense, which I think is a massive demerit, right? The the bad mark on their permanent record this year. Uh, Before we get there, Mark in Landover Hills has been uh, patiently waiting on the call-in line, sitting on hold for us. I want to make sure he he can get on. So we'll go straight to the call-in line, which is available, 1-800-636-1067. Mark, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have to say? I believe you, you have a point on our conversation about Washington's defense. Hey, Tim, top of the day to you. Good show as always, man. Love listening to you. Thank you very much. Hey, man, uh, I think you've made some really good points about the defense, but I've been calling in and talking to Pedro about it and stuff, and, man, I think they've been on a slide, and I hope they're not regressing back to those first two games in the last at the beginning of the season because if that happens, things aren't going to go well. And, and, you, and I agree with you totally about Brian Robinson, and, you know, that's probably why they didn't win the last few – weren't in the games or won those – closed out a couple of those last couple of games because of the lack of his use. And the problem isn't the quarterbacking. The problem is, like Pedro and I said, is the offensive line and the mm. accoutrements along with it that are supposed to block, buddy. You know, it's the Heineke High, they're calling it the right thing because they want it to swarm it all around him. You know, you got to give these guys a chance and – you're not setting them up for really success with the blocking scheme and what's been going on, man. And people Mark are talking Gray. about how good the offensive line is, Tim. I got to tell you, buddy, man, they're hurting for certain, man. They're hurting for certain. I, I love the call, Mark, and and you you've led perfectly into our, what I want to talk about next here. Uh, so so call back in anytime one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. When it comes to the goal line offense, I do want to emphasize. Some of that just has to fault the, the legs of whoever assembles the talent on offense. Because when the field shrinks, right, when you, when you get down, and I'm not even talking about red zone, I'm talking about goal line, which has been a huge problem for Washington. When, you, when you're inside the five, the easiest way to, to muscle up and get in the end zone is to have five gigantic humans on the offensive line that are impossible to stop from moving forward for, for three or four yards, right? And then, I mean, you go back to the, the Gibbs-era Washington teams, you know what that looks like, right? It, when you get to the three, you give it to Riggins, you're in. They don't have that right now, right? That offensive line doesn't have that juice right now. So to me, the number one problem with Washington is their inability to finish drives in the end zone. I mean, how many times can you kick field goals where the line of scrimmage is inside the five-yard line? How many times can you turn it over on downs inside the five-yard line where you're trying to show faith in your offense that they can get it in on fourth down when in actuality you should be absolutely frustrated that you couldn't get it into the end zone on first, second, or third down? Let's go back to this most recent game, San Francisco, which, I mean, you heard the caller, right? The, the defense didn't play great. Let's not get crazy. The offense did not play great. Let's not get crazy. But I'm going to take you back in time. Let's, they call radio theater of the mind. So unless you're driving right now, if you're in the passenger seat or you're, you're hanging at the office or garage or walking the dog, I want you to uh, close your eyes right now and imagine. We're going back to the end of the first quarter against San Fran. 
Okay. End of the first quarter, the score is tied 0-0. Washington started a drive. You're like five or six plays into the drive um, that started in the first quarter, and it's going to cross over into the second quarter. The score is 0-0. This is a game that Washington goes on to lose handily, and a quarterback change has happened. Quarterback has not turned the ball over yet. It's Taylor Heineke. No turnovers as of yet. The drive goes all the way down to first and goal at the five-yard line. It goes all the way down to first and goal at the five-yard line on a beautiful pass play from Taylor Heineke to your first-round pick, Jahan Dotson. Life is good, right? You're about to take a seven-point lead over San Francisco, who many think is is a legit Super Bowl contender, number one defense in the league. You're on the road. You're on the West Coast. You're about to take a 7-0 lead. Life is good. Run the ball on first down, don't get in the end zone. Run the ball on second down, don't get in the end zone. Run the ball on third down, don't get in the end zone. Run the ball on fourth down, don't get in the end zone. Four straight runs, turnover on downs. If you get that drive into the end zone, the entire game changes. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying that like a butterfly effect, right? Like a a butterfly flaps its wings in in another continent and somehow our day changes. I'm not talking about it theoretically. I'm saying concretely the entire game changes if you can get into the end zone. Taylor Heineke with three touchdowns, do you bench him? If you're up 7-0 and and then when, when San Fran goes to score, it's a tie, and then you're up 14, like... That changes everything. So why weren't they able to get it in? And you can say, well, they were up against the number one defense in the league. I don't care how good your defense is. I don't care if you're playing the 85 Bears crossed with the 2000s, uh, 2000 Ravens crossed with the 03 Buccaneers. I don't care crossed with the 15 Broncos. I don't care how good your defense is. If you are inside the five-yard line, the offense should be thinking touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So why can't Washington, and it's not just that game. We can go back to all the field goals that they've kicked that are old, they're, they're the old extra points. They're closer than the new extra points. The old extra points. Right, the ball spotted at the two-yard line. They're lining up to kick a field goal. We can go look past games. It's happened so, so often. So what is it? Why can't Washington get into the end zone when they've done the hard part? Eh, well, not the hard, not the hard part, but they've done a lot of the hard work. Right? They've gone, they've driven, maybe the defense forced a turnover, they took over, they've they've picked up first downs, they made big plays, they get down to the three-yard line. Why can't they just get over the finish line, get into the end zone? I have two things. Lack of creativity in play calling. And and this is where it gets, you know, I'm going to feel like I'm in like an Under Armour commercial. We must protect this house. I think it comes down to a lack of just pure want, will, and determination. I I, I tease people that, that maybe, you know, they're the star of their own movie. We all know this. I mean, if you played, you didn't have to play high school. If you played like a rec league basketball, right? There's a game, 10 seconds on the clock. You're down one. You have the ball. Coach calls a timeout. Undoubtedly, 100% of the time, 
Somebody in that huddle, right? Coach is drawing up a play. Goes, Coach, give me the ball. I'll score. Right? Like they're Jimmy Chitwood and Hoosiers. I, I mean, okay. I like to tease that person. It's like, oh, did you, you got lost in the movie there for a second. Listen to what Coach has to say about what play we're going to run. Uh, but part of part of me does. You need that. You know, part of me wants when that team gets down into the red zone, when 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 Washington gets down on the goal line and they have first and ten on the five, I want a, a, a lineman. I don't care if it's Charles Leno. I don't care who it is. I want a lineman to grab the offensive coordinator by the lapel, yoke him up by his dry fit polo, right, scruff of the neck style, and say, "Run the darn ball. We'll get him in. We'll open up the hole. Tell him to put his head down and run straight." Right, that's the pure want, will, and determination of it. And 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 if you do that a few times and you come through, right, you get it into the end zone, then the coach can start trusting you more, and you can start leaning on that as part of your your goal line offense. But until then, I need creativity. I need Scott Turner. I need Scott Turner to call up Andy Reid and say, "How do you come up with those plays where you have three tight ends in the backfield when you have the ball in the two yard line?" I need play action where Taylor Heineke is running and has multiple options to throw it. And now that it's Carson Wentz, same deal. I say it on the goal line, your goal line, the stars need to make plays. I need Terry McLaurin involved more. He doesn't catch enough touchdowns in general over his entire career. I need you to fix that. I need you to fix so much going on. Get down on the goal line. Creative play calling, and then once you get the ball or once you are you are called upon to block and clear the way for whoever has the ball, get in the darn end zone. Want it more than the guy in front of you. Terry in DC is on the call in line 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800-636-1067. Terry has some thoughts on the offense and, and, and their goal line offense. So we'll go to him right now. Terry, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say? Terry, you there? You're on the air, man. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Um, I wanted to uh, – uh, man, hearing you talk just now, when I say you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> and I've been saying this for years, and you see some of these offenses that around the NFL, or I guess they're trying to get more fancy, innovative, or whatever, putting your hands in the dirt and shotgun. <laughs> if your man has his hand in the dirt and he's down low – he has more than an advantage. But if you have him shotgun on third and one or fourth and goal, or, you know, and, and then if you're going to take a chance on fourth and one, why was Brian Robinson not your running back? Yep. You know, why would you, you not run your best power back to get the first down? I mean, this started, you know, back in Super Bowl 17. You live and die with your best power back. When Don yep. McNeil shot through the gap on uh, on John Riggins, he knocked him off, got the fourth and one. I mean, this is what it's about. But we we get too fancy when we get down in the goal uh, um, in that area. But I'm just venting. But I I just <laughs> love hearing you talk what you were talking. So thanks for taking my call. Of course, Terry. Uh, call back in any time. That number one eight hundred six three six. 106.7. I actually, I mean, I love what Terry just said, right? And the football player in me wants to go, go, go play right now. But I, don't, I, 
I want them to build the roster in a way that can do that also. Right? I want the offense. Sheriff had a little bit of that, and he's obviously down in Jacksonville now, but he had a little bit of that mean streak in him. Right? There's 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 like the wide receiver, the go-to wide receiver, and they're they're known as being a diva and demanding, right? Think of the Chad Johnsons or Chad Ochocinco's. Think of the Terrell Owens, the Randy Mosses of the world. The, they're known as like throw me uh, what was the name of of Keyshawn Johnson's book? Throw me the damn ball, right? We we know that style of player. I want an offensive lineman to be the same way. I want I want you to have an offensive lineman who on fourth and one instead of saying throw me the darn ball is saying run directly behind me I'll clear the way that de- that demanding that same style of of hey I want the ball that your wide receivers have and your quarterbacks have I want my offensive lineman to have it as well down there on the goal line hey B Rob right if I'm if I'm Charles Leno and I'm I'm the the, the starting tackle, I'm saying, hey, B-Rob, get on my hip. I'll take you in. Right, Put your hand on my back. Grab on. Come along for the ride. We'll end up two yards deep in the end zone. And then once you get that going, play action, creativity, Andy Reid's offense, it all comes in nice. Scott Turner, take notes. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Coming up in the not-too-distant future right here on 106.7 The Fan, we have Virginia Tech Hokies basketball at Wake Forest. So you want to stay tuned for that. But we have more commanders to talk when we come back, including what's at stake. And there's a lot at stake. The playoff situation broken down so you can understand it coming up tomorrow. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Caitlin, back at the studio, keeping us up and running, our producer for today. Uh, Coming up in a little bit, Hokies basketball at Wake Forest. You can hear that right here on 106.7 The Fan, uh, starting at 11.30. So that broadcast coming up shortly. Uh, In the meantime, this time of year, and and week 17 used to be more concrete. Now we have a week 18, so 17 is the confusing time. Um, You never know what you're rooting for. Right? Who do I want to win? Who do I want to lose? How can I clinch? How can my team get into the playoffs? What specific things need to happen? And and you know how lucky do we have to get? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Washington can actually clinch a playoff spot this weekend. I don't know if many recognize that. It's not going to be easy. You have to thread the needle on a few different situations happening. But Washington can clinch a playoff spot if these four things happen. A, Washington has to take care of business against Cleveland, win the game, right? Win it outright. Uh, Seattle has to lose. Detroit has to lose. And Green Bay has to lose or tie. Got that? So, if, if, all right, I'll say it again. So if you want to take a mental note or if you can scribble it down, uh, Washington can clinch, a play, uh, can clinch a playoff berth if Washington wins, the Seahawks lose, the Lions lose, and Green Bay loses or ties. All right. So that's a very specific situation that you're rooting for, but it, it does give you an idea of who you're rooting for and who you're rooting against. Now, if Washington loses, that opens up a whole mess of options for those other teams to become much, much, much more likely to make the playoffs. ESPN, uh, they have all the matchup predictors and everything. They're giving Washington a 22% chance of making the playoffs. 
Now, some of you might hear 22% and go, what? Oh, man, darn, that's so little. Some of you might go full Dumb and Dumber, Lloyd Christmas, right? Jim Carrey's character. You might say, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's a little bit better than a one in five shot of making the playoffs. But it all comes back to that first thing I was telling you about, which is Washington has to take care of business. Beat Cleveland. What is Cleveland playing for? One might say pride. They're eliminated, right? They, they have 0% chance of making the playoffs. Even if every game broke exactly the way they wanted, they're not making the playoffs. So on Cleveland's side of things, they're significantly less motivated. Now, if they have some, some hidden motivation, it would be to, to springboard them into next year. Because since they missed the playoffs, this is just kind of fun to do. If you just, you know... It puts it in perspective, maybe as frustrated as you are with Washington, maybe this is a it can always be worse situation. The Cleveland Browns paid Deshaun Watson $45 million this year for what will end up being six games of largely meaningless, nothing on the line, no playoff implication football. $45 million. You know, I've heard countless mentions of, of how Carson Wentz is overpaid. He makes 28 plus, 28.3 million dollars a year. Deshaun Watson made 45 million dollars this year. Played six games. They're eliminated from the playoffs. They still have two more, or will have played six games when it's all said and done. The the last two games will have absolutely no chance of making the playoffs. One of them against Washington. So they are likely spinning it as as using the, the this last little stretch to vault them into next season. Is that enough motivation? It shouldn't be. Washington should be like a caged animal backed into a corner. Completely and totally motivated and, and desperate to win. Cleveland's like, yeah, it'd be nice if we won. But again, Washington has to take care of business. They can clinch the playoffs with a Washington win, a Seattle loss, a Detroit loss, and a Green Bay loss or tie. That's what Washington needs to have happen. Cleveland should not be extra motivated to go be a spoiler or anything. So you should be able to be at least, the, you know, if it's true that the, the crazier person in the fight wins the fight, you should at least be able to be the crazier person in the fight. <laughs> right? Uh, this was fun. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to make way for Hokies basketball, Virginia Tech basketball, and an ACC tilt against Wake Forest coming up next. Um, thank you to, to Caitlin for keeping us up and running, doing a great job, as she always does. And and most importantly, follow me on Twitter, at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. If you have a conversation that you want to continue, that's the easiest way. Uh, to get in contact with me at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Hopefully you kick off 2023 with an awesome vibe. You're just, you're, you're going for it. Uh, enjoy all the college football and uh, the college basketball coming up right here on 106.7 The Fan. Until next time, have a great night, everybody.